Hello and welcome to the Digital Health Leaders Podcast, a Chime membership series where we bring you the best of the best in digital health leadership. I'm Russ Branzell, your host for this podcast and the CEO and President of Chime, the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives. We continue to live and evolve through challenging times for healthcare professionals, their industry partners, and the people we serve. Leaders across the industry have proven their talent and determination as they innovate and transform their organizations to meet the moment, but also shape the future. We're proud to know those leaders and support them here at Chime. Today, we welcome an innovative and transformational leader who, along with her incredible team at UW Health, that's the Wisconsin version of UW Health, is definitely defining and driving the future for healthcare to a digital industry. She's an experienced information technology and hospital operations executive with over 18 years of industry experience. She's a respected digital leader with extensive knowledge in managing IT health systems of care and joint ventures varying in size, complexity, and a diverse matrix. A proud member of AHADA Association, we are joining today live from the Health Tech Leader 3.0 Conference in wonderful Cleveland, Ohio, hosted by our friends at Cleveland Clinic. I will tell you, this is one of the coolest titles I have ever heard. Her title is Vice President. It's going to have to like scroll on screens here. It's such a cool, long title. Vice President of IS Business Relationship Management, Planning, and Growth at UW Health. Stacy Rasmussen, uh, so glad to have you on the program. Stacy. welcome. Thanks, Ross. Yeah, it is the coolest title and the coolest job. And I'm in need of a really cool acronym. If you think of any, you just let me know. Well, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at that and make sure it doesn't say something inappropriate. You put that many different letters together. I'm sure it makes something, we can make something cool out of it. On that note, first of all, how are you doing? How's everybody at the wonderful UW Health? I was just up in Madison uh, for the Epic Conference just a few months ago. Things are turning fall colors and things are looking beautiful up there. Uh, but first, how are you doing? And then also, tell us about this really cool and crazy title you have that probably doesn't even fit on a business card. And what do you do with that title? Yeah, uh, things in Wisconsin are fantastic. Our team is thriving, um, very busy with a lot of different initiatives and transformative work. And weather-wise, we are looking into the fall season, so it's a beautiful time to visit. Um, and we're not going to mention that S word, that snow for us, in case okay. we're going somewhere else. Um, yeah, so it's super pleased to have this conversation with you today. Um, when I think of business relationship management, we refer to it as BRM. And when I joined UW Health, we were really invested in this discipline. It was brand new for organizations, so I really had the fun job of defining what it is. So as we transformed and living into our IS operating model, we really wanted to help deliver on our commitment of improving partnerships with leaders and teams across the system. So that's why we established this team. So my team uh, really acts as the bridge between business and IS by aligning our technology investments to our organizational goals, also eliminating the self-navigation. They know who's on first with our teams. They have a partner. As you know, it's a very complex ecosystem that we live in. So having individuals that can help you guide that are great. And then the team's really um, trying to establish standard approaches to delivering consistent expectations across the org. Well, it is a beautiful area up there, to say the least, but I will not be visiting uh, it during this snowy season. As a matter of fact, I uh, was talking to Judy and Submit up there, and they said, oh, you should come up for a corporate visit again. And I said, I will see you in the spring. 
Yeah, you're like, not that for stay away. That's going to be my goal for this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, one of the things that we've been really trying to pull on and, and listen to our leaders out in the industry is understanding now that we're a few years after possibly the worst parts of COVID, despite some recent breakouts again, which seem to be concerning as, as itself, but now kind of dealing with the aftermath of COVID, um, not discounting in any way the horrificness of human life, life lost and economic issues and all that other kind of stuff. But now that we're kind of past this, are, are there things that are positive because of the lessons we learned and the trials we went through, but also are there negative things? Like I know we're concerned about mental health, well-being, remote work staff, all these kinds of things can present challenges. I'd love to hear how you're having to deal with both the positive and negatives of kind of living in a post-COVID world. One of the great things for COVID, right, was that we were able to focus and everybody came together. So we, we are hoping to learn and continue to use that model. But as we know, there's so many different things and coming out of it, getting back to the, the new, who we are and how we work. There's a lot of ideas. The prioritization is really, I'll say a big deal, right? So how do you contain and um, separate the noise while they're great ideas? How do you stay focused on the things that matter? And we're really leaning into our strategy office at UW Health that kind of helps that this is what's important to the organization. And then from an IS and informatics perspective, how do we enable that? And it's really looking at the key investments that we have, I'll say on our books or in our portfolio and making sure that we're staying true to what we've said we're going to deliver on. It's not about output, but it's about outcomes and what value you bring to the organization. So that's kind of our focus in the, the next year to two years. So one of the things that we're hearing a lot uh, and as a matter of fact, I just got back from New York where I was working with some of the leaders from the United Nations, where, where they actually are talking about the fact of, yes, IT is still important from a hardware, software kind of world, but we're really finally entering into the real outcome orientation of data and actually being able to understand the real behind the scenes stuff. How are you all approaching kind of this now, what I would call really advanced informatic models that are going on now? And eventually we can talk a little bit more about, you know, the use of new things like quantum computing and AI and all those stuff, which is emerging. But in your culture, are you becoming now a culture where it's really focused on data? I mean, truly meaningful data. I was going to say data that matters, right? There's a lot of, you know, we always say garbage in, garbage out, right? So there's a ton of data, but what is the true source of the data? Where is it coming from, right? What is it staying for? So within our, I'll say our family, you know, business relationship management was one piece of it. This last year, our CIO, Chiro, was a fantastic uh, leader. He really in, wants to, wanted to invest in the CNI, CNIO position as well. So we recently brought on a senior director of informatics, and that's going to be really key to tying the people and the process and technology together. So I think having some of those foundational pieces and people together that have different lenses that they look through it from right, um, is going to be really key to our success in the future. So you mentioned prioritization earlier. How do you go through that process? If if data is driving decisions now, prioritization, because I know for a fact, I know Chiro, he would do everything you possibly do, plus more and, and burn everybody out because he's just a, a get it done kind of human being. Yeah, I love him for that. Mm -hmm. uh, we are cut from the same stone, no doubt about that. But at some point, you can only do so many things. Mm -hmm. So how do you use data, as you mentioned, actually meaningful data 
to aid in the prioritization process. Because if you have 100 projects and you only have enough resources in your organization to consume 20, mm -hmm. how do you decide who gets 20? Okay, let's start with like, what is your strategy, your strategic intent, and what are the investments that you currently have for this year, right? And really staying true to that, getting visibility to what are those investments and how are we tracked? Um, I think that's really key for us in this, in this year as we mature in managing our portfolio. And the portfolio only exists to support the organization, right? And so the organization will bring forward a lot of different ideas. Um, our, my team in particular is really trying to help filter down. I always say our team is going to get really good at the what and the why for requests. I would love to. It's like a little packet. It doesn't quite have a bow on it yet, but it has packages, gift wrap. Then we'll turn that over to our service delivery team, and they can focus on the when and the how. How do you execute and move that forward? So that's one of the goals we're hoping to collect the scope and define it up front, get that prioritization that this is something that matters, um, and then really turning it over to our teams and also making sure our service level objectives and service level agreements are in place and that somebody's monitoring them and it's set for sustainability, right? Because there's always in a project, there's a start and an end. But the hard work then begins. It's how, what is that operating model and who's owning it and who's going to sustain that two years from now, we're like, we spent $14 million. Did we get what we wanted? Well, I love your analogy there of the present. Uh, I just was flipping through channels the other day and I, this is the first time I saw Elf. So I knew we were getting closer and closer to Christmas. So that whole wrapping of the whole presents and doing all, I, I guess, and especially if you're listening, I get cheer. I guess that makes you Santa Claus now that gets to deliver the packages and, and the presents as they go along. Well, I'm not tell you this, but once I told myself and a, another colleague that we were the mom and dad of the IS team, I said, <laughs> that makes you grandpa. <laughs> well, let's talk about what's emerging right now. And, and you, you think about something like chat GPT and you think about AI driven now and language models and this kind of stuff. We weren't even talking about this a year ago. As an industry, this wasn't even on our radar. I mean, some of the smartest, best digital health leaders that are out there, it wasn't even on their radar. Now, all of a sudden, it's consuming us. Organizations are locking things down. Other organizations are opening things wide up. Some people are saying we're going to completely integrate it into our EHR so doctors can do all the. How are you all approaching this beast of AI and all the things that it might mean, because AI is just a giant umbrella for a hundred things we're going to throw underneath it. How are you all attacking AI? Oh, that is a loaded question. I do not have all the answers to that. I will not do justice to it. But you think about AI and think about automation and what's the difference, right? Is is something really automation AI or does it matter? And, and words do matter in the industry. So, you know, I think about emerging technology and that's kind of component of it. We are developing what is the roadmap when we talk about digital health, and I know that term is out mm, good or bad, right? What does it mean to you as an organization? Get a roadmap, right? And say, okay, does AI align in that or does it have its own separate one? And there are cases for both. So our team is really looking at that and getting down to what does it look like in the next couple of years and bucketing into items on the roadmap. And that means that we we can really hold ourselves to this is what we're trying to accomplish and kind of eliminate some of that noise that's out there so we stay focused. So that's what we're currently working on uh, right now. We don't have the secret sauce, but boy, we have lots of great minds working on. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We're sitting here in Cleveland where I don't know exactly where it is, but we're not far from the first quantum computer ever brought into healthcare at uh, right across the street at Cleveland Clinic or somewhere down the street here at Cleveland Clinic. And it, it does make me think back and makes me a little worried that this may be the uh, the beginning of the Skynet. The Terminator is going to come out of Cleveland Clinic and get us or something. Fly by. I know. I just, I, I'm getting a little worried now, as we say, and say the least. So let's go back into a little bit of post-COVID. Um, one of the things, even going back to the 1918 pandemic, uh, with the, what they called the great influenza, and now we are about three years really kind of post the worst of, of, of COVID, was the projection that the real wave of pain was going to be mental health and burnout and lack of socialization and human contact. Well, first of all, are you all a remote workforce, a hybrid workforce, uh, you know, and specifically around your digital health teams and your IT teams. And and what are you all doing to really get your arms around the fact that it is a period as you know, you can go to macro level, at least at a national level, that mental health issues are massively on the rise uh, in, in groups that weren't even known to be in trouble. How are you approaching kind of the team concept and keeping that unity of a great team? And I know Chiro's a great leader, but it takes a whole team. How are you approaching this concept of team? Oh, that's a great question. You know, one of the reasons I came to UW was because the culture was thriving and I knew I could have a big impact and not just myself, but our collective team It was right for that. So that was one of the reasons I came, you know, coming out of COVID, you know, I think about convenience is one of those triggers as far as how I want to receive and deliver healthcare. So how do we make things convenient um, to the consumer? Lots of things we're talking about. As far as you know, our team and keeping the teams engaged, it's all about making sure you understand what's happening in the clinics and the hospitals, right? You have to stay connected to your products and services. And how do you do that? Sometimes it's a struggle. We do have a hybrid um, working environment and it works out works out pretty good. But, you know, as you think forward, Cher uh, and I were talking, I said, I think we have to have a bit more of a purposeful intent around it. So we recently launched something called Moments That Matter. And what that really is, is about doing observations, doing rounding as a collective group. And we're only asking folks to do it on a quarterly basis to start. And it's really to say from a collaborative piece, so maybe it would be infrastructure along with networking, coming together to see your services, your products, your hardware in use, whether it's from admit to discharge and just seeing how everything's working so that you then as a collective group can come back and say, okay, the services that we're, we've delivered, we are actually um, seeing the outcomes we expected, or we can go, that is not working as designed. We need to figure out what's different and what's not. So we're really hoping to, uh, to move to the next level of getting folks on site for the right moment and the right reason. Well, our time is wrapping up here and I will always try to end with my favorite question was, and, and I like doing this because it always makes people smile, whether it's whether we're face to face like we are here recording this or even when we have to do them remotely. Um, and that is you're the ruler for a day. Um, and you've, you, you've overthrown Chiro and your CEO. It's not really happening, everybody. But let's just say it is. And, and you could change one thing. What's that one thing that you think could either accelerate you all on your journey, make workplace better for people? What Whatever you would want to do, what's that one thing you would love to see change? Uh, and it doesn't even have to be within your organization, be at a macro level in healthcare, that would really make a big improvement for people. 
that is a Lord question. I think of words. And so I think of bringing joy back into everything that we do. Um, that's a key word for me. Uh, a couple of the words for my team this next year are routine. That might be boring, but we want routine experiences. So it's not, oh, you got a great experience this time and not the next time. And then also as an organization, let's be bold. And it doesn't mean like be innovative, be everything. It just means be bold in your conversations. Know when to knock on that door once, twice, three times. Know when to walk away that another group may need you more. So those are, that's kind of how I would sum it up if I were a queen for the day. Oh, Nessie, now it's a queen. I made you the ruler, but you want to be queen. <laughs> All right, there you go. Well, I'm not going to say that makes sure of the king then, but on this case. Oh, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I think we're starting to see that happen a lot. Matter of fact, some of our programs, we teach about the law of intentionality and that, that you will get what you're intentional about and you will see much better. And if that means routine takes stress out because if it gives you predictability, then that's a great outcome as you think through that. And, you know, the, the, the outcome of uh, intentionality is being deliberate. And, and focusing on this and being able to be repeatable with it. So I love that that's something you would really want to do. It's, it's like you're well, trying to do it. It sounds boring. It's not sexy, but boy, it can have a huge impact. Well, but I think it actually is exactly what you're trying to do, which is to make things better for people. So I commend you for that. Well, Stacey, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you for having such a cool title that allowed us to build on that during this program. But more importantly, thank you, thank you for all the stuff you're doing for your coworkers over at UW, as well as everybody you serve. You're absolutely welcome. And we're super blessed to have your talent. So keep doing what you do. Thank you very much. And hey, thank you for joining us for this episode of Chimes Digital Health Leader Podcast. As always, you can visit us on chimecentral.org forward slash media or on Spotify to listen to this and all the top healthcare leaders. Continue to inform, transform, and innovate and create the positive change you need in the communities you serve. For now, stay safe and God bless.